In recognition of the shifting demographics in the Empire State, aka our ballooning number of seniors, the Hochul administration is working on crafting a state master plan for aging designed to ensure coordinated, comprehensive state policies that take into consideration the needs of older New Yorkers. For an update on this effort, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Adam Herbst, Deputy Commissioner for Aging and Long-Term Care at the State Department of Health, and is serving as Chair of the Governor's Master Plan for Aging Council. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Hi, David. It's a pleasure to rejoin you here today and speak with the Capitol Press Room. So advocates for seniors have come on this show and said that the creation of a master plan uh, on aging is a bold new uh, idea for, for New York. But I'm a cynical journalist with somewhat low expectations about the groundbreaking potential of uh, a planning process controlled by state agencies. So can you explain to me why this is a big deal for my parents and uh, people of their ilk? Sure thing. A little cynicism is always a, always a good thing, but it's not just for your parents. It's for all the state, all of New York. The Master Plan for Aging is an initiative that reflects our ambition in New York, our effectiveness and uniqueness of our state. It was mandated by Governor Hochul's Executive Order 23 in November of 2022 to improve the lives of today's older New Yorkers and people with disabilities and build a better system of care for the future of people aging in the state of New York and ensuring more inclusive communities for the future. The MPA is about making services and supports work for the ways that people actually live and make sure that they're addressing real and current needs. And we're focusing on addressing ideas like isolation and ageism and housing and transportation, healthcare services and supports with a recognition that aging is a natural process with many things to celebrate. Is it fair to say you're still soliciting input for the plan? And if so, what's the best way for New Yorkers to put in their two cents? Absolutely. We're looking for every New Yorker to get involved and participate. We have online in 17 different languages a survey, both a paper version and an online available on our website. That's at ny.gov slash MPA to fill in and return. The survey looks at economic security and needs looks at issues of social isolation, housing, medical needs, and accessibility of services. And as we look to get uh, the input from all New Yorkers, we're hoping that this will help us plan things as diverse as transportation infrastructure and programs supporting home service agencies. We're keeping this survey open through the end of the year, and we especially want to hear from all New Yorkers, particularly older adults and people with disabilities, and people who are caregivers, but we want everybody to feel like they can participate in helping our master plan for aging be successful. The public input is critical to ensuring that this process addresses the most pressing needs of our older and disabled New Yorker uh, population so we can build a responsive system of supports that will help overcome you know, obstacles as we age and, uh, and our state um, sees demographics changing for the future. And that website, again, for listeners interested in putting in their two cents is ny.gov slash MPA. In addition to uh, that survey, you can also sign up to get updates uh, from the council. So at the September meeting of the council, you noted that a preliminary report had been completed and sent to the governor. What are some of the highlights of those recommendations? Well, this blueprint of strategies has been focusing on improving Uh, Many things in our caregiving, uh, recruitment, retention, or training for for different kinds of workers, both formally and informal, 
uh, caregivers, and we want to support them. And that's one critical aspect of the master plan. We're also recognizing the impact on our communities and our economy from the work of unpaid caregivers. And the governor's mission has to really, really be looking at, at that. And that's something that we have been focusing on quite extensively as part of our interim report. The governor's mission statement here is to help people lead fulfilling lives in good health with freedom and dignity and independence to age in place for as long as possible. So in addition to caregiving, both formal and informal, and looking at the workforce, we're looking at combating elder abuse and, and ageism. We're looking at housing and community planning, social engagement of older adults and promoting health and access to services in rural communities. We're focusing extensively on technology access and development, um, affordability of basic necessities, and access to services and engagement uh, with historically marginalized communities across the state. And finally, we're looking at the modernization and financial sustainability of our healthcare system for both residential facilities and community-based aging network service providers. And this preliminary report has you know, done quite a bit to uh, lay out some of our initial accomplishments and our agenda for the coming year. And ultimately, um, the goal of the MPA is to provide guidance for building healthy, livable communities that offer opportunities uh, for people as they age again, with the, the mission of the governor in a good health, freedom, dignity, and independence to age in place for as long as possible. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. Our guest is Adam Herbst, Deputy Commissioner for Aging and Long-Term Care at the State Department of Health and is serving as chair of the governor's Master Plan for Aging Council, which is responsible for crafting a master plan for aging designed to ensure coordinated, comprehensive state policies that take into consideration the needs of older New Yorkers. So those were some beautiful sentiments and aspirational goals, but in terms of maybe hard, concrete policies that might represent a, a break from what is business as usual. Are there any recommendations in the uh, preliminary report, the 71-page report, that you think uh, are going to be part of the governor's agenda in 2024, or maybe her, her budget, for example? Anything we should keep a, an eye out for, especially if it represents uh, either a change from the status quo or a, a new commitment in a certain area? Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to make clear is that we're looking at the MPA over a 10-year period, not just in the next fiscal year. Um, many of the ideas that we've been working with the work groups and subcommittees um, have been percolating with the governor's team, with you know various state agencies to ensure that we can bring back the feedback we're receiving from uh, both uh, the work groups and from the community engagement. And as we you know continue to do town halls and listening sessions across the state and engaging with the public, we're learning a lot about what is needed for this master plan to be successful. Um, we have brought much of that to the governor's team, and some of it will certainly be relevant for this year's fiscal cycle. Um, but again, we're looking at this over a 10-year horizon, and many of the, the ideas that we're going to be putting into the uh, future budgets are going to be directly related to the ideas that are, are coming from the master plan for aging's work group and subcommittees. But I have to imagine the process of crafting the plan isn't always going to require you and your council members to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. A lot of the ideas are things that uh, stakeholders are already thinking about, have already told you uh, about in these meetings, whether it's the council meetings or the stakeholder uh, advisory committee. So, you know, again, circling back to that question, 
what do you think can be done in, in the short term to get the, the ball rolling? And is it just about funding or are there actual policy things that could be done in 2024? Many policy ideas, uh, many, many policy ideas, again, going to the workforce, going to transportation and housing. These are things that um, we've been proud of New York. And I want to just say before I go forward, New York has been building uh, this master plan on the backbone of the work that's been done for many years. Like you said, David, New York was recognized in 2017 uh, by AARP as the first age-friendly state in the nation, which followed a decade embedding smart growth and livability principles in the operation of state government for older New Yorkers. We have been leaders in this space for many years. And what we're doing now is we're, we're expanding, we're scaling much of that work. And the preliminary report, which laid out a lot of the accomplishments and our agenda for this coming year, like you're saying, but for many future years, focuses on these ideas that have been in the state and the, the, the participants and the work groups and, and subcommittees and people across the state who are contributing their ideas in our town halls and in the survey are building on these ideas that we've had in the state for many years. One of the things that is the recurring theme that I noticed from the council meetings when you open it up for public comment is the idea of additional services, additional oversight, uh, expansion of programs, all things that cost money. So is that going to be part of this conversation, recommending increased investments in services for seniors? Because that would represent a real break from the status quo, especially when we consider something like the Office for Aging constantly getting flat funding, you know, regardless of the governor. Our governor has made a commitment to this growing population. She's made this a pillar of her initiatives uh, in, in really scaling the master plan for aging. She has put so many uh, ideas under one roof here to ensure that we're successful. If in fact we, together with the governor's support and the input that we're receiving from the public, you know, decide that certain things require investment, I'm sure the governor and the team will look to see how best we can accomplish that. You're a smart guy. You are living and breathing these things. I mean, you have to know that these things are going to cost additional money, whether it's expanded access to home care, whether it's paying for housing accessibility upgrades so people can spend more time in their homes, a program that's dramatically underfunded currently. So isn't there obviously going to be a need for more funding? Can, I mean, can we embrace that, that statement? And if we can't, doesn't that sort of speak to the initial point that I made about being uh, skeptical of, of the master plan for aging and its import? Well, skepticism is always a good thing. Like I said, David, at the beginning, we want to ensure that the MPA is successful. If, in fact, we decide certain funding requirement is needed and the governor decides that this is a <laughs> pillar of where she wants to put her focus, you know, these are things that we're discussing. It's also important that it's not strictly on the state. We need to build public-private partnerships. We need to work with local communities. We need to work with the public sector There are so and philanthropy. There are so many avenues that we don't want to leave uh, undistinguished in terms of the work we're doing here. We're not working in silos here. The MPA is looking and focusing on our core mission statement, which requires us to work together with state and local communities and the pr private sector to ensure this is a successful enterprise. 
Yeah, that idea of silos was something that came up in conversation during, I think, the September meeting, just about the issue more broadly of maybe the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Have you come across in the initial meetings uh, areas where there can be uh, more efficiencies or whether new partnerships can be found among state agencies as the result of uh, these discussions that have been going on so far? I think so. I think that's one of the remarkable things what the governor did here with the executive order, putting on this commission a a group of commissioners and delegates from all the different state agencies that have various work that overlaps. It's important for us to now speak together. And that's one of the important aspects of what we're doing now. Uh, All these state agencies and local communities are collaborating to ensure that we're on the same page. We're not working in silos and we're recognizing the work that's been done Uh, to ensure that we build a better, more sustainable system for aging New Yorkers going forward. Well, we've been speaking with Adam Herbst. He is the Deputy Commissioner for Aging and Long-Term Care at the State Department of Health and serves as the chair of the Governor's Master Plan for Aging Council, which is soliciting feedback through the end of the year. And you can find a survey they have at ny.gov slash MPA. Adam, thank you so much for making the time and good luck crafting the plan. Thanks, David. And keep that skepticism. It's going to keep us on our toes. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.